0: You know, I just feel like I'm still kind of just basking in this spirit and life night that we had a week ago, Friday. And uh, I mean, God just did some awesome things and the stories are phenomenal. I mean, last week, uh, last Sunday, someone got, gave, got up and, and gave their story and it was like, wow. I mean, who knew that was happening? Uh, but it was happening. And there's just all kind of stories. Dan's collecting them. I guess you got the email. Dan said, send me your stories. So please send your stories to Dan. So we, I don't know what Dan's going to do with the stories, but he's going to do something with the stories, and it's going to be good. So please send Dan your stories. Um, You know, I just want to say that um, there was a prophetic word that came out in uh, one of our quarterly leaders meetings. I think it was in the spring, and it said that God is um, going to bring revival to us, this church. You know, I think that a lot of times we think, okay, great, because that means all kind of people are going to come in and get saved. And we definitely want that to happen. But I think the spirit is also saying he's going to revive us. He's going to revive us. And And, you know, when we experience that spirit and life night. You know, that was like a a wave and a wind of blowing of, I think, things he's going to do and things that are coming our way. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, you know, you be excited, too, as we all join in together in faith. And, you know, it kind of leads me into this faith is what this this series we're doing Um you know, personally, I think this is a great follow-up to Spirit and Life series that we just completed. And then we had the Spirit and Life night together. Because faith is like this, this thread that's just woven through the Bible, especially in the New Testament. You I mean, you can't get away from this word faith. And so, um, I just, I'm, ex- I'm personally excited about it. And so, this morning... I'm going to be talking about faith and God's leading. Faith and God's leading. And um, so, uh, let's go to the next slide. I guess I'll have to... Okay, so this verse here in Hebrews is kind of what I is my classic definition verse of, of faith in the New Testament. And this is what it says. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, and you see how the scriptures tie faith to things that are still out there. There are things that are still out there. They haven't, you haven't seen them yet. You, they haven't manifested yet. They haven't appeared yet. You're, you're hoping, you're expecting it to come, but it hasn't come yet. And faith is tied. To the things that are still out there. Not the things already that we have. And the things that we already see. The things that we don't yet have. And we don't yet see. You see that? Mm -hmm. Faith is the substance of things (coughs) hoped for. And the things that are not seen. And so... When when we're dealing with faith, when we're understanding what faith, it's always about stuff yet still out there that we have yet to touch, maybe experience, maybe see come our way. It's still yet things not yet seen, and so you know Jesus tied faith to believing, right? I mean, he was always saying, believe in me, he said. You believe in God, believe in me. Believe in me. Believe in me. He's always saying that. And he's always tying it, really, to acting on the belief. Because there would be people who would come and they would act on something that that they had not yet seen, something they... They hadn't actually grasped yet. And he would say, that's great faith. Like the time when this centurion came to him and he said, uh, someone in my household is sick. And and, and I ask that you um, I'm coming to you for healing. And he says, OK, well, I'll I'll, I'll go with you now to the house. And he stopped, and said, no, you don't you don't have to come to the house. All you have to do is speak it. And she'll be healed. And Jesus, he said, basically, wow, everybody, that's great faith. Because what the centurion was saying is, I don't need to see you come and touch her. I believe that you don't even have to come. That all you have to do is say it. No one had ever said that yet and all the times. They want Jesus, if you will come and lay hands on her, she'll be healed. They were saying he'd go. And now, hey, thanks, Dan. Hey, you're welcome. I appreciate that. So, um, yeah. So, Jesus tied faith to believing, but not just believing in and of itself. Acting on the belief. And then when times when, like, people looked at the natural things, what they could see, and they made decision based on that, he said, you have little faith. Like, so he's always making, he's, he's trying to help people to know, hey, faith is things you can't yet see. So, now, there's, it leads us to, like, well, Are you saying, Mark, that like we get to just kind of pick and choose what's out there? Like, hey, I don't have that Carvette yet in my driveway, so can I believe for that? And it's going to come, and it's like, well, not really. And this is where the Scripture kind of helps us with that. Romans. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So, this is telling us through the Scriptures that our faith is based not just upon whatever we want it to be based on. Now, that's a message that could really go out to the world, right? Because they're all into all kinds of crazy things. But our faith, as we are followers of Jesus, is based on something very... Real, and it's not of ourselves, it's on what God has said. And, and, and the scripture says that faith actually comes from the hearing. And the hearing is what God is saying. And that, that saying is both written word and real-time word. Yeah, real-time now, I'm not equating equating what the Spirit may be saying to you as authoritative, like scripture. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But the written word is not the only limit to what God is saying because He still speaks. For, so, so, like the Spirit and Life night, okay? Um, so we had three waves of both worship time and ministry time. And then we'd go back to worship and ministry, worship and ministry. We did three cycles of that, okay? And um, during the worship of the second cycle, there were some prophetic words that began to come forth. Um, some, some people came up to me and shared things. And, and it was like bondages and heaviness. And then there's another one that was shared about basically opening your heart to God. So the word of God was was speaking. And during the second wave of the ministry, evidently faith on the part of the folks, was people received that and yielded and opened up their hearts. Because all of a sudden the Spirit of God began to move and there were these pockets of ministry happening throughout the room and people moving around and people praying for others and, and and you could have looked like well okay but then all of a sudden last Sunday when someone gets up and testifies and says my life changed from that we're like wow no one knew that was happening but an individual, and in, uh, other stories of happening, send your stories to Dan. <laughs> he wants your stories. So, we're going to compile all that. I don't know what we're going to do, it, but I mean, they're just... See, faith comes by hearing, but it's a faith that we act upon, and we base it on what God is saying. So, this morning, what I want to do is I want to cover a story in the New Testament. It's it's in Acts. And it's a story of a guy named Philip. And Philip has this encounter with God's leading in real time. Okay? Philip is a guy who who got saved, just like, you, you know, you and me, he's a believer in Christ. And he's part of the Jerusalem church. Jerusalem church was a mega church in the first century. Thousands of believers in the church. And They, back in that day, they took care of widows because, you know, they didn't have welfare and government and all that. And it it was basically a patriarchal society. So a woman that didn't have a husband often struggled to make ends meet. And so taking care of widows was uh, a common thing to do. And the Jerusalem church uh, reports came that the widows were being denied. Uh, getting food and being served and so the leadership in the church started a ministry just like any church would start a ministry to meet the need and they picked seven men to oversee it and Philip was one of these guys that got picked and um, so Philip begins to do the ministry and then he has some other he begins to share his faith with people and you know some people are getting saved and and all of this, and then Philip has this experience where the Holy Spirit, or God speaks to him in his leading, and this is what happens. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him. Now, let me just say, this phrase, angel of the Lord, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean an angel, it's kind of a strange phrase, because it's often repeated in the Old Testament. You ever heard, I mean, you know this, right? story of Moses and the burning bush, right? You know the scripture says, the angel of the Lord appeared in the bush, but yet the bush wasn't consumed. And then a voice said, take off your sandals for the ground is holy. Now, no angel is going to say those kind of things because an angel isn't going to... Uh, promote himself, and say, I, I'm here, and you need to take off your shoes, because this is now holy ground, because I'm here. So, what was that? I mean, how does, how does that voice say that, yet the scripture says an angel of the Lord? Hagar with Abraham, she got kicked out of the household, and the angel of the Lord said to her, go back and serve your uh, uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, for I'm going to make him a father of many. Okay, Uh, Gideon, you ever read that story? Angel of the Lord spoke to him and, and this and that. So the point here is that, you know what? We don't really know if that's a literal angel or not, but we do know God's communicating. And somehow there is a communication to Philip, okay? And this is what he said. He said, she said, go over to the road that runs from Jerusalem through the Gaza desert. And that's all was spoken. Wow. That'd be like you getting a sense to get in your car and drive down I-10 East. Okay, right? I mean, that's kind of like what it is. Go over to the road that runs from Jerusalem to, the Gaza, to Gaza through the Gaza desert. Nothing else. Nothing Would you do that? Would you do that? Because that's all Philip had. And you know what happened? So he did. Wow! I mean, Philip, the whole story pivots on these three words. So he did. Because if he had not done there would be no story in Acts. This would never have happened to Philip if he had heard this and said, I'm not going out there like that. Have you ever been to the desert? You know, um, my wife's from California, northern southern California. I've driven from Baton Rouge to L.A. once and from L.A. to Baton Rouge twice. So when you're going west, like when you get to San Antonio, there's trees, but they're they're not anything like the trees we have. I mean, they're not like the big oaks and the big pines. They're maybe 20 feet. There are a lot of them, but they're relatively small. And it's like, okay, you're like, okay. But you keep on driving and the trees become more sparse. And finally, there's no trees. And I guess, I think it's Fort Stockton or somewhere between basically San Antonio and, and El Paso. By the time you reach there, you're in the desert. I mean, there's cactuses everywhere. And there's these bushes. I think they're like tumbleweeds, like in the old Western movies. And some of them are just blowing being blown around. And other, you know, some are growing into the ground. And that's it no grass, dirt everywhere. Mountains, I guess it's just dirt and rock on the mountain. It's weird. And I mean once you hit that, man, you get to El Paso, it's desert. You cross into Las Cruces, New Mexico, it's desert. You keep going, you cross into Arizona, it's desert. You come to Tucson and and Phoenix, yeah that's because they irrigate everything. And everything's green and growing. There's big old palm trees and all, but you got out of there, desert, man. Going to Southern California, it's desert. And you're like, wow, it's just nothing growing out here. Well, that's what is out there. I mean, this picture's good example of what was probably this road. You ever, you know what happens in the desert when it's like during the day, summertime? It gets really hot. And what happens at night? It gets cool, if not cold. And so the question is like, I wonder what time of the day that this communication happened to him. Right? I mean, was it like two in the afternoon? Would you go walk down a desert road at two in the afternoon in the summer? I mean, you got to put yourself in Philip's spot. Right? But he did it. He did it. And the whole story is pivoting on whether he has faith and he acts on it, or he doesn't have faith, or maybe he believes, but not enough to act on it. But fortunately, he did, and the story continues. And who should be coming down the road but the treasurer of Ethiopia? So Philip's walking down the road. You know, we don't have no idea how long he walked down the road. It's 50 miles to Gaza. You're not going to make that in a day, walking. So was he walking 10 minutes or was he walking 2 hours? have no idea. What time of the year was it? We don't know. Was it hot or cold? We have no idea. But if you look at that, that's pretty desolate looking to me. Right? And that's what he was experiencing. And he's walking and all of a sudden... He looks and there's this kind of little caravan. You know, happens to be a high government official in the government of uh, Ethiopia. He doesn't know that at the time, but he sees it. And here's what happens. Then the Holy Spirit said to Philip. Then he says something else. Then he says something else. He didn't say that. Hey, Philip, look, I want you to go down the road. You're going to travel about 35 minutes. You're going to see this caravan. When it comes, I want you to go run up to it, and something's going to happen. He's going to be reading out of the book of Isaiah. And uh, just say, like, hey, do you understand what you're saying? Just say that, okay? You got it? And it's just going to be wild. It's going to blow you away, okay? You got that? You on? We ready? All right. Hut, let's go. Nothing like that at all. He's like, go down the road. And as he's traveling and he sees this this caravan, it's then and only then that the Holy Spirit says something. And this is what he says. Go over and walk alongside, beside the chariot. He gets instruction on what to do. And you know what, guys? This is pretty common when we are being led by the Spirit that we don't always get everything up front. It really does. This is pretty common. We see this all the time on the prophetic team. You go in and all you got is a little bit and you're, you're expected to open your mouth and minister to someone. You may have one word or phrase or a sense. So, you know, the whole thing comes down to Faith. And we're on this series of faith. And this morning we're talking about faith in God's leading. And we see here that Philip is us. We are going to be in situations where we're not going to get everything. Like in the Spirit and Life night. You might, I mean there were people that just had a sense, you know, I I think I just need to go pray for the person. Maybe they didn't even know what to go pray for. And at that moment, they were at a fork in the road. Do I do that? Or do I not do that? And they thank goodness for the ones that stepped out and did that. Because then the spirit began to move. And that work, that's how it works with you and me. And God is always so faithful because he will speak. And you know, you think about it. When it says, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, I wonder how he spoke to Philip. And I kind of think, well, did he speak to Philip the same way he would speak to you and me? Maybe, we we did a series, um, first part of the year, on um, hearing God. And uh, we covered all different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks and such. And uh, so maybe it was like this this, um, still small voice. Maybe that's what Philip heard, that still, small voice inside. Maybe he had a a vision, a little image that came across his mind about him going up to the chariot. Maybe he had just a sense uh, to go do that, you know, kind of like an inward witness kind of thing. He just felt this peace about going up there. But either way, he did. In this case, we don't finish the rest of the story, but he does go up there then. In fact, it says he ran to the chariot. And when he gets up to it, he hears this Ethiopian treasurer reading from the book of Isaiah. What kind of odds are that? And then he opens his mouth and he says, Hey, do you know what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? Now, the Spirit didn't even tell him that. I guess he was so zoned in by this time, he was going for it, you know? And the guy says, uh, no, I really don't understand about it, and how can I if someone comes and help me? And he invites him up into the chair. You know what part of Isaiah was reading? It was the prophetic word about Jesus, about like, uh, so he will suffer for our iniquities, and and he'll be, you know, the stripes on his back. And And he says... This author, is he talking about himself or someone else? And there from there, Philip preached Jesus to him. And the guy got saved. I mean, but the whole, guys, the whole story pivots on the three words, so he did when he had the first direction of what to do. And it's going to come to you like that. And don't be afraid. Step out by faith. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And the spirit who's in us will speak things. And when it comes, step out. Because faith involves action. If you don't step out, look, I'll, man, it has taken me decades to learn how to do this stuff. I mean, it's almost embarrassing to say that. <laughs> but it just has. But He will work with you. So don't take this as like, oh man, that just looks so hard. It, you know what? I think it's not really hard, it's just different. That's what I think, personally. It's different to step out on things that you don't yet see. It's different to have the Holy Spirit in you communicate to you and you step out and act on that it's not hard really you just go do it I mean doing it is not hard but it's uncomfortable it's anxious it's how do I know but all these guys I think they all experience that too see and so you know what we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that have walked through this like we have and so this morning you know what I just really wanted to Encourage you and exhort you that this is something you and I can do. Okay? And so as we march through this series on faith, let the Holy Spirit speak to you about where you're at. So I want to just begin to close here, and I got two practical points. Here's the first one. We can all have our own stories of God's leading. Practically speaking, though, practically speaking, it will only happen as we believe and then act, even though we can't see what he wants to do. So this week, talk to Jesus about this. Set some time to go talk to Jesus about how you feel about this. And honestly tell him how you feel and ask you to take you to your next step. Whatever your next step is. Because you know in body of Christ, there's everybody from A to Z. There's people that just came to Christ. There's people been in Christ for decades. And everybody's at different levels. But practically, why don't you just commit? Walk out of here this morning and go, you know. And ask, you know what I have to do? I have to even ask the Lord to help me remember to do things. Okay? So just ask him that. Lord. Help me to remember to set some time aside this week. And he will. He'll nudge you. I know that's what he does with me. It's like I wake up maybe a little early before work. And I'll get a nudge like, hey, let's go, let's get together. I just sense that. There's faith. I have to get up, you know. Well, I may not, but there's faith. And then, you know, you'll have some great times. But tell them about how you feel. And say, Lord, help me go to the next step of putting my faith with your leading. And then here's the second one. The Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. Living our lives by what God says, by what we can't see, is a different way of living, an alternative lifestyle, so to speak, but of a spiritual nature. This week, think and dwell on that. No, as people who did not know Jesus and then just something happened and we came to know Him, right? We all have our different stories of, you know, how we got saved, how we came to know Him. I mean, we never lived like this really and now we're in Christ and this is a new way of living and it's different. So, dwell on that because you know what? I think Jesus and His Holy Spirit wants each of us to have our own stories about walking with Him through the Holy Spirit, encountering His Spirit, and moving in faith in that, and experiencing things that we just... It'd be like, wow, that was awesome. Okay? Amen? Let's stand up and... uh, Let's have some worship time, sing a song, and uh, just give the Lord some praise.